Hi everyone, I'm Jean, and my story proves that there's no such thing as female friendship. I've always sincerely believed that girls can be friends for life, but life itself proved me wrong. My best friend destroyed my illusions. Eve and I grew up together. Our parents were good friends, and during all joint gatherings, they sent the children to play together. It was almost a tradition to do so. I can't say that as children she and I got along. Actually, on the contrary, we argued a lot, but over time, forced communication transformed into actual sympathy, and then into a warm friendship. And later, when I was in my teens, Eve somehow became the closest and the most significant person for me. We discussed problems with each other, talked about guys, cosmetics and such, even did homework together, although we went to different schools. But she was great with the humanities, and I understood mathematics. So she wrote essays and short paragraphs for both of us, and I was in charge of math tests and lab assignments. We both grew up fast. And one day, Eve met a guy, whom she later began to date. 16-year-old me wasn't thinking too much about guys, so I only gave her advice and supplied her with tissues when problems occurred in her private paradise. The funny thing is that I never actually managed to meet with Nastia's boyfriend in person. Each time we planned some sort of joint activity, some unexpected problems appeared, usually on my part, and the meetings got canceled again and again and again. So it turned out, for the whole year of their tempestuous relationship, me and Eve's boyfriend didn't even have a chance to see each other. Of course, she showed me a lot of photos, but the guy apparently was the worst model imaginable. Some photos depicted only blurry side shots. Other photos showed him in the middle of a kiss. Eve even managed to make several back-of-the-head photos of her boyfriend. Yes! Some of their kissing selfies were quite selfish, but I still got no idea how the boy looked in general. Later, it turned out to be important, because my carelessness in this regard came back to bite me. A year later, Eve broke up with him. It was quite a stupid breakup. I couldn't even sympathize with her. You see, he invited her to a party. She met another young man there, and that boy began courting her, and Eve reciprocated for reasons unknown. I suppose she was simply too drunk to turn a petty boy back, if not worse. Of course, her real boyfriend saw everything and rightly accused her of treason. Eve tried to deny her actions, saying that the devil must have tripped her, but the boyfriend didn't forgive her. As for me, I wouldn't have forgiven my own partner in such a situation as well. If you don't know how to drink properly, just don't, especially in unfamiliar company, or at least learn how to say the word no. But I didn't tell her that because I was still trying to be a loyal friend. That was the first moment when our friendship cracked. Apparently, Eve herself understood that she'd screwed up. But for some reason, she accused me of callousness. And she also remembered that I had to be at the party. They invited me, but again, I wasn't able to come because I was babysitting a little nephew while his mother stayed at the hospital. As for me, that was a valid reason to skip a party. But Eve became furious and told me that I betrayed her. Then for a while, everything was relatively quiet between us. Eve was constantly crying and telling everyone around her that she still loved her cute little hair and apparently tried to make things up. But the hair either didn't react at all or even sent her packing. And then, when I was 18 and naive as hell I myself fell in love, Mark and I met in university. 
And as they say in cheap novels, we immediately felt that spark. It really felt as if I was struck by a lightning bolt. I just looked at him and immediately realized that I wanted to bear him a child, or even two children, and a dog. I don't know whether you'll be able to understand me if you've never felt something like this. To my surprise, Mark apparently experienced a similar feeling, because since that fateful moment, we were almost always together. I even moved to his apartment in the evening of that very day, and we began to live as a family. There were neither dates nor courtship, but we did not need it. Staying near each other and holding hands was everything for us. Mark turned out to be a wonderful person, the one who seemed to be tailor-made for me. Of course, both he and I had our own shortcomings, but together, we resolved to make both of us feel good. We still had arguments, sometimes even quarreled, but we were always able to reconcile. I loved him, and he loved me. At that time, I rarely communicated with Eve. She had problems with her studies, and for the most part, she was occupied with tests and exams. And then, the period when I wanted to tell everybody and their mother about my dream boyfriend, the first delight, ended. I no longer wanted to share my love with the whole world. So now the only pieces of info that I give Eve were phrased like this, everything's okay, it's a miracle, and we're planning a wedding for the summer. Still, Eve was generally aware of my personal life and provided an adequate reaction to the change of status in my Facebook profile. She liked my photos, wrote cute comments, and she even volunteered to help as a bridesmaid during the solemn engagement day. Of course, the engagement is not an earth-shaking event itself, but Mark and I decided that everything must be beautiful. We had balloons, a photographer, a DJ, and parents in the forefront. We were making everything for ourselves to be able to remember this moment forever. I trusted Eve so much that I allowed her to decorate the apartment to her liking. We had quite similar tastes. She was also responsible for our menu because I did not have time for such trifles. In fact, everything went just as Eve wanted. She really acted like a bridesmaid, only at the rehearsal of the wedding, not during the actual one. The evening itself was just perfect. Our parents quickly got along. Everyone danced to their heart's content. We took a lot of cool, joyful photos. And at the very end of the evening, Mark made me an offer with a salute on the background. Once again, we took pictures to keep the beautiful memories alive. And then everyone moved to the table for the last glass of champagne and the final dance. I felt that something was wrong during the dance. My head was spinning, my throat was all scratchy, and generally, I felt like I had a very strong allergic reaction. But there were zero allergens nearby. I didn't eat anything bad and didn't even smell any harmful substance. In general, My allergy is a serious problem, but there's only several things that I should avoid at all costs. Peanuts and lilies are at the top of the list. Peanuts are still survivable for me, if I get a pill in time, of course. But lilies are a death sentence to me. Of course, all my friends are very well aware of this fact. Since Eve was responsible for the food, and she knew my eating habits better than her own, I was 100% sure that there were no peanuts in the dishes. But I felt so bad that I called off the evening, said goodbye to everyone, and went home. Mark wanted to go with me, but he still had to drive his parents home, so I said that everything was okay, and he stayed. I don't really remember how I got home. I vaguely recall that the taxi driver asked whether I needed to go to the hospital, but I assured him that I just needed the first aid kit and everything would be alright. Then I opened the door to the apartment and fell literally on the doorstep. 
The whole house smelled of lilies. Flowers stood in the hallway, in the living room, in the dining room, and I suppose there were lilies in the kitchen too. I don't even know for sure, because I didn't have time to make out. My respiratory system collapsed on the spot, and I practically died. I woke up already at the hospital ward. There were three people near my bed. Mark with a gloomy face, my mother who looked as if she'd been crying the whole day, and Eve. Mark immediately rushed to kiss me, and my mom let out a happy smile. But Eve just silently got up, went out into the corridor, and never came back. It turned out that I was saved by my neighbor, who by sheer chance decided to walk the dog at that very moment. When he opened his door, he immediately saw me, breathlessly laying on my own doorstep with a blue face. Somehow he guessed to close the door to my apartment, and then he dragged me to an open window. Besides, he gave me CPR until the ambulance arrived. Of course, I thanked the neighbor, but still refused to believe that Eve was accountable for the accident. At the moment, I did not want to sort things out because I was too weak and believed that everything that happened was just a terrible coincidence. And was it really naive for me to think that my best friend had put lilies everywhere in my house by accident? Later, after I was discharged and a period of rehabilitation, I gathered enough courage and decided to talk with Eve. I really had to clear things over. I hoped that we would be able to sue the delivery together or something like that, but the truth was very bitter and painful. Eve didn't even try to hide anything or lie. She honestly admitted that she planned everything from start to finish. It was she who gave me a tartlet with a ground peanut, and the lilies were the backup plan to surely finish me off in case the tartlet failed. But she made several small mistakes. Besides, I fell in the corridor and didn't even have the time to close the front door. And of course, Eve paid zero attention to the possibility of a neighborly help. Of course, I survived by pure luck, because in any other scenario, her plan would have been completed with the expected result. Would you guess the exact reason of her actions? Remember, I told you before that I had never seen the face of Eve's ex. Well, it turned out that Eve dated Mark. That's not exactly the unexpected turn of events, of course, but for me personally, it was a real shock. How was that possible? My beloved turned out to be my friend's ex, and to think that I didn't even know about that. Unfortunately, Eve refused to listen to me. She was adamantly sure that I did everything on purpose because I knew how much she loved him. In her version of the story, it turned out to be an insidious lover and a bitch, and she was an innocent angel who only protected her happiness. She told all of that to the court, but in the eyes of the law, taking away a guy and taking someone's life are pretty different things. The first case is not a criminal offense, and the second one is a hideous crime. Eve was not sent to prison, since she wasn't successful in murdering me. Her punishment was a fine, the compensation for my treatment and rehabilitation, plus some money for moral damage. And they gave Eve a restraining order that prescribed her to stay more than 200 meters away from me and Mark. As for me, such punishment was more than fair. Actually, it was Mark who insisted on a fine for moral damage. I just never wanted to see Eve again. So that's the story about how envy, painful love, and distrust almost brought my ex-best friend to prison for trying to kill me. Was it worth it, you ask? Unlikely. Write your thoughts about my story in the comments. What would you do in my or Eve's place? Share the video with your jealous friends and conspiracy theorists. And guys, remember that revenge won't fix anything. It will not return a guy or girl to you. Not a chance.